freedom 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 over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome this is unsolicited perspectives i am your host bruce anthony thank you for listening wherever you get your podcasts share subscribe rate and review us you can find us on our Instagram page at unsolicited underscore perspectives. On that page, you will find our LinkedIn tree that will direct you to all the platforms our podcasts are offered. You will also find our social media accounts, including our TikTok page, as well as our donation and Patreon pages. Our audience is continuing to grow with each and every episode, and I humbly thank you. Well, folks, this is going to be a short one tonight. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a few current events, Coach Prime goes to Colorado, and another crazy story with Bruce. But first... Kanye! (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. Like, I've already had this discussion, I already said what I thought. My thoughts haven't changed by that. My thoughts have only been reinforced. I'm not going to give that person oxygen. I'm not even going to call them by their name. There's one thing that came out of this whole scenario that was actually funny. There was, you can find a bit of humor in almost anything, and there was some humor in this. Chris Paul caught a stray. Now, for those of you who don't know, the man who will remain nameless said, And I caught Chris Paul messing around with Kim, implying that Chris Paul had an affair with uh, Kim Kardashian. And for those of you who don't know Chris Paul, he's the starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns. If you watch television, he's the basketball player on the State Farm commercials. Um, He's a future Hall of Famer, by all intents and purposes, a good family man. But you never know what's going on in another person's household. I'm not here to comment about that. I'm here to comment about the snitching. Because... If it's true or not true, no man is supposed to do what the man who will remain nameless did. You're not supposed to tell on another man. You broke the bro code, bro. Even if it was a crime against you. I got cheated on when I was in college. Some people know the story. There are some people who still don't know the story behind me getting cheated on in college. And they don't need to know. Well, I guess now they're going to know. But at the time, only one person knew what the hell was going on because most men are not going to talk about how they got cheated on. Like, we're too prideful and we don't want to give up that information. But but he's out here telling all of his business. Okay, that's the life you want to live. That's the life you want to live. Well, I wouldn't do nothing like that. And I damn sure wouldn't be if I if I got cheated on and found out that the man that was with my woman had another girl. It's not like I'm going to run to the girl, his girl and be like, Hey, you know, your man was cheating on me on, on you with, with uh, my girl. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like the hell is going on? Like, how is this? How, how did we get here? Yeah. That's a deeper question. How did we get here? How did we get to where snitching is cool? Takashi six, nine out here is still doing music. How did we get here? Whatever happened to the code? Not just the bro code, but the code of the streets. A lot of people get the idea of what snitching is completely wrong, right? 
Some people out here think telling anything, anytime is snitching. That's not the case, right? Telling something to get yourself out of trouble is snitching. If you're reporting a crime in your neighborhood and you're just reporting the crime, that's not snitching. That's being a good community observer. That's not snitching. If you go out and commit a crime with a couple of your friends and you get caught and you get the talking to get yourself out of trouble or you just are talking to get yourself out of trouble and you telling other people that is snitching. I don't know what the purpose of that man who remained nameless telling on Chris Paul was. Was it to get sympathy? Like, how's he going to get any sympathy for all the stuff that he's saying? People out here, man, I, I just don't know what's going on with the world. We need to take things back to the streets sometimes. Be stand-up guys. Like my man Bobby Schmurter, stand up. If his girl was cheating on him, he wouldn't go talk and tell on the dude. Like the man who remained nameless did to Chris Paul. Chris Paul didn't do nothing to nobody. He out here playing basketball. Just randomly catching strays. It's a cold, cold world. Bit of controversy this weekend. There was a Dr. Pepper challenge. Now, this is an annual challenge done every year at the SEC Championship Conference football game. And what they do is, is they take two people, two college students who've been competing in kind of a tournament-like setting throughout the course of the season to compete against each other for a chance uh, to win $100,000 in scholarship money. And basically, the premise is you're, you're throwing a football through a hole. Think like the old school, throw the football through a tire, uh, except these are big inflatable things, and they don't actually throw it. They do chess passes, which is cheating in my eyes. But you know what? $100,000 on the line. You're going to do whatever you got to do to get that money. I know I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get that money. Chess pass, bounce pass, whatever it is, $100,000 on the line, scholarship money. I mean, okay, I don't ever want to go back to school. Like, I did the school thing. I was in school for a long time. I don't want to ever go back to school. But if people are just going to pay me to go back to school, I probably still wouldn't go back to school. But nevertheless, they're in school now. This is going to help them with the tuition. Good stuff. Two young ladies. Battling against each other. At the end of regulation, score is tied. What do you do? Go into sudden death. So they put extra time on the clock. The two young ladies go back into sudden death. Guess what happens? Another tie. One of them is declared the winner. Why is one of them declared the winner? Because Dr. Pepper, and in their infinite wisdom, decided that, well, What we're going to do is we're going to take the points from the previous round and add them to this round and we're going to get a winner. The only problem was in the previous round, one of the competitors went into sudden death. So she had more overall points. But the bigger question is, shouldn't Dr. Pepper have figured out in the last round that there's a possibility that it could go to sudden death? And maybe, just maybe, come up with a rule that's different than we're going to take the previous point, the previous day's points and add them to this point. Because she wasn't competing against the same people in back-to-back rounds. This was a new person. And they tied. And I felt bad for the winner because the crowd started booing. And this is a stadium. 
uh, she kept a, you know, cherry face and wasn't going to let her down and, you know, said all the things she's going to do with that money. But in my mind, I was thinking, what the hell? Like, this doesn't make any sense. They both tied. They both should get the money. Well, social media agreed with me because social media gave Dr. Pepper hell. I mean, dragging them through the mud. And before they did the game, Dr. Pepper said, you know what? We're going to give both of these young ladies $100,000. Oh, wait. But there's another part to this story. Now, one contestant was a young white girl. One contestant was a young black girl. Which one do you think won the competition? It's not a trick question. It was a young white girl. So immediately some of that backlash on social media is, why are you going to do the black girl like that? And justify it. Right. Like the optics of it really doesn't look good. Dr. Pepper had a rule, but not everybody else knows that rule. And it really doesn't look good. However, when Dr. Pepper decides to give both of them one hundred thousand dollars, which, in my opinion, was the right thing to do, it was either give them both one hundred thousand dollars or split the money between them. Right. Uh, the winner gets one hundred thousand dollars. The loser gets twenty thousand dollars. The loser doesn't go home with nothing because they made it to the final round. But you could combine that. If you're going to give one hundred twenty out, split it down to give them both sixty. Right. Since you're not going to come up with a better way to end a tiebreaker. But of course, the people came out on social media and all oh, this woke stuff and this and that. And you can't. I, I, I swear social media is a cesspool. And, and the optics of it doesn't, didn't look good. Either way, either way you look at it, it doesn't look good. There's, there's a com- complaint no matter what. There's a right complaint and there's a wrong complaint, in my opinion, right? Like the races had nothing to do with this. This was just piss poor management by Dr. Pepper and was going to create an absolute PR nightmare. And they did the right thing by giving both of the young ladies the money, but also, why is there so many racists out there? Like, it's just, it's a lot of y'all. Yeah, why? Why are there so many racists out there? Like, what's what's wrong? Like, what's wrong? You got every advantage. You might not think you have advantage, but you do. You have every advantage. Why are you mad at me? Or that young lady trying to come up? It wasn't like, there was something nefarious going on. It was tied. They were competing against each other and it was legitimately tied. You either play another round or you split the money. That's what's fair. Race don't have nothing to do with it. Her being black had nothing to do with Dr. Pepper deciding, yeah, we're just going to give both of y'all $100,000. Or maybe it did. Maybe a little bit because the optics really, really didn't look good. But I'm going to assume that Dr. Pepper, no matter what the color was, was going to do the right thing because that's the right thing to do. Hopefully, maybe, regardless, I'm going to keep on drinking Dr. Pepper. I don't drink it that much. Matter of fact, I can't really remember the last time I got Dr. Pepper. Oh, yeah, I do. It was the last time I got Taco Bell. And let's just say that night eating Taco Bell was great. The next day. Not so much. So Coach Prime goes to Colorado. 
A little bit of a backstory here. Deion Sanders, a legendary defensive back, that's a cornerback, uh, played for the Falcons, the 49ers, the Cowboys, went in the Super Bowl for both the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. He was a high school varsity football coach and got hired to coach Jackson State University, a historically black college in Mississippi. He coached them for the last two years amassing something like 23 and 5 wins and winning their conference championship both years. This success of course brings the courting of the Power 5 schools, the Big East, the Big 10, the ACC, the Pac-12, the SEC, and Colorado came calling, gave him a great offer, and he decided to take him up on that offer. And boy oh boy is he getting backlash. He's getting backlash for a couple of different reasons and I don't necessarily agree with them, but this is how people feel. People feel like he used an historically black college to catapult himself by giving him national prominence to get the job from the Power Five schools. Effectively saying that he used this school to advance his career. But isn't that what everybody does? Doesn't everybody take a job to advance their career? There's always a destination And I don't think his destination was ever to be a legendary Jackson State University head coach. I mean, when you the people that are complaining, what do you think? That he was going to be Eddie Robinson and Grambling and stay there for the entirety of his coaching career? Come on now. This is prime. This is prime time. He likes the spotlight. And though he gave a fantastic spotlight to a historically black school and conference, that's... Not him. The spotlight isn't big enough. He needs a bigger spotlight. And I guess I have to be honest with myself. Maybe there's a lack of empathy because I didn't go to HBCU. My sister did. So I'm going to be curious uh, at our next episode to talk to her a little bit about that. But I didn't go to an HBCU, HBCU school. So I, I guess I, 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 there may be a lack of empathy there. And I also understand the aspect of Black people being stepped over to excel, right? I mean, just look at, I mean, it goes all the way up to movie studios. I mean, black people save the movie studios in the 70s through black exploitation movies, right? Like they say the movie studios in the theaters, Uh, Fox, WB, UPN, all started their networks by building on black shows to bring in audiences before they moved to mainstream. And let's not get it twisted. Mainstream means white. Right. And they built their networks on black shows. And as soon as they built them up to where they got more advertisers, they phased those black shows out and brought in white shows. So I get it. You expect us to be stepping stones, black people to be stepping stones by other people. But you don't expect us to do it. And there's a little bit of hurt there. And that's understandable. Also, he's bringing a black coaching staff to a power five school and there aren't a lot of black head coaches at a power five school, right? Like you can count them on two hands and who knows, maybe some of his black assistant coaches spin off and become black head coaches. But I also understand the argument of why do we need to excel in their space when we have our own? So I understand both perspectives, but I still ride with him being able to make the best decision for him and his family. And make no mistake about it, like he signed this deal for with Colorado for five years. 
when a bigger school comes calling, he's going to leave that school too. I think his ultimate goal is to go back to his alma mater, Florida State, and be the coach, which like you can understand that. But the backlash of what all he did was use the university and he didn't really help them out. Well, let's talk about that. First of all, he donated half of his salary back to the facilities for Jackson State. So he was paid $1.2 million over four years. So it's 300000 a year for a college football coaches. You know, it's not a lot compared to what the Power Five school. And I'm going to tell you what his contract at Colorado is going to be. But what that money did was it got them two practice fields, a new locker room, a new football facility, a new training facility. He also ushered in a 10-year TV rights deal with HBCU. $30 million direct economic impact to the city of Jacksonville last year alone brought awareness to issues within Jackson. Also, you remember Jackson, Mississippi. That's, you know, a place where they don't have no water. Not only did he give back to the school, he gave back to the community. This was a win-win scenario for both parties. This was mutually beneficial for both parties. And oh, by the way, Colorado is offering him million over five years. So almost $6 million a year compared to making $300,000 a year. That's a significant jump. Like a significant jump. Who's not going to take that? And I know a lot of arguments are going to be, well, he's a former NFL player. He's already rich. You know what? A lot of people want to be in other people's pockets. A lot of people have a lot of moral rationales when we're talking about other people's money. But you wouldn't do the same thing. So why are you asking other people to do something that you wouldn't do? And if you would do it, fantastic for you. But why are you want to hold your hold everybody else's same standard as you would hold yourself to? You got to accept people for who they are. Prime is a person that craves spotlight. He's always been this way. This is a man that came to his last football game at the Florida State University. He's still a college athlete in a tuxedo and a limousine. He's always been primetime. And he wants to be on primetime. In my mind, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't. Well, he might have misled a few people, right? He may have made it seem like he was there, going to be there longer than just two years. But hell, how many of us have taken a job expecting to be there longer than we actually were? And make no mistake about it. Like if he stopped performing well, they would absolutely fire him. There's no loyalty in your job. There's loyalty to you and your family. He's doing what's best for him and his family. And in the meantime, he took care of Jackson as well as Jackson State University. It's always easy to make a choice with somebody else's money. Well, it's that time again. Another crazy story with Bruce. And this story is interesting because it involves two friends that I've known since high school. We've been boys since high school. And obviously, high school was a really long time ago. This story in particular is at least 20 years old. And when they hear it, uh, they're going to get pissed all over again. Because last year... We were all together and we were having drinks with my father and they told the story and one of my friends started getting mad about it all over again. So 
crazy story with Bruce involving two of my friends. Here we go. So one night we're at this club and it's the Ritz and anybody from DC back in the late nineties, early two thousand, remember the Ritz, the Ritz was a little grimy, but Hey, it was good times up there. And on the main floor was kind of a stage. And there was this girl twerking on the stage with the skirt on and she was looking good to me. So I stepped to her, you know, just the way players play, you know, all day, every day. I don't know what else to say. And, you know, wrap it to a little bit, get her information. We start. We're not texting. Texting isn't a thing at this time, or maybe texting is a thing at this time. That's how long ago it was. But anyway, we exchange information. We start talking. Fast forward, I don't know, a week, maybe two weeks later, me and my boys are coming back from the club. So it's late. It's probably like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. She calls me up and is like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm just driving back home with my boys. We just finished coming from the club. And she's like, hey, we're having a get together over at my house. You guys want to come through? Now, it didn't take long for me to decide that I definitely wanted to come through. Because remember, when I met this young lady, she's on stage in a skirt twerking. And, oh, here's another fact that I forgot to mention. She's an exotic dancer. We used to call them strippers back in the day, but she's an exotic dancer. So she's calling me at 3 o'clock in the morning to come meet up with her. So we all know what that means. So I'm trying to see what that's going to be about, you know. So my boys are kind of awake, kind of semi-sleep. And I say, hey, yo, fellas, I know about this other little party. Y'all want to swing through. Them being groggy is like, yeah, sure, let's go. So I want to say that it took me about 30 minutes to get there. It wasn't close. I don't remember. It was somewhere in Maryland, uh, probably in PG County, but I don't remember exactly where. And when I pull up to the to her apartment building, my boys are asleep in the back seat. It's about four o'clock in the morning. So I very lightly and gently say, hey, yo, guys, we here knowing that they're not going to wake up. So I'm like, man, they're asleep. I'm going to go ahead and leave them in the car and go do what I got to do. So me and Shorty. Obviously, she was doing something shady because we're at her apartment building. But she was like, hey, let's go to this hotel right around the corner. So she pays for the room in a whole nine. And as we are, you know, doing some things in the hotel room, my phone starts blowing up. I look down at it and it's my boys calling me. They are blowing my phone up. And when I say blowing it up, I mean call after call after call. I, there was text messaging at that time. They're throwing texts at me. And once again, I'm in a hotel room with a stripper that I have to remind you was twerking on stage in the skirt. So I'm trying to see what that's going to be about. So, you know, we do our thing, whatever, whatever. And you know what I mean when we do our thing. Like I said, it's just the way players play all day, every day. Now... When I walk outside the hotel room, it's light out. I also had to remind you that it's summertime and it's summertime in D.C. For all the people that live here, they know exactly what I'm talking about. For those people that don't live here, D.C. is a swamp. The humidity in D.C. is unbearable sometimes. And this is the height. It has to be like July. So it's the height. July, August It's the height of summertime. 
<laughs> and it's got to be like seven or eight o'clock in the morning, but it's already feels like it's 90 degrees. So, so it's not funny, but it is funny. So she's walking back to the hotel room. I mean, walking back to her apartment building. I'm walking back to my car and these fools are sitting in the car. The doors all open. They're all sweaty and they are beyond bothered. They are hot, literally and figuratively. They are angry and they're yelling and screaming and cussing at me. And they were like, why didn't you leave the keys in the car? And why you leave us in the car? We don't even know where we're at. This and that. And I'm like, why would I leave the keys in the car? It's my car, number one. And number two, I know that if I left the keys in the car, you guys would be like, we can't get a hold of Bruce. We're just going to leave and leave me here. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so one of my friends who really doesn't really get that angry all the time was furious at me, like literally furious. And I'm thinking to myself, We've done shitty things to each other. Like, we've all done really bad things. Like, if I can go over the stories of the things that we've done, we've commented on it, that we would never allow other people to do the things that we've done to each other. But, th- you know, that's just our relationship. That's just how we get down. We've done cruddy stuff to each other. And it was my time to do a cruddy thing to them. But they're not letting it go. I would say, hey, man, you know, I was I was wrong. My bad. Let's just, uh, let me just take you guys on home. But they're, na- they're they keep nagging me and they're not letting it go. So I start to get angry and I'm like, hey, man, y'all need to let this go. Like it is what it is. Y'all going home now. I got the air conditioning on. Finally, I'm getting so mad. I pull over somewhere in Silver Spring, so the halfway point between where we were and where we need to go. And I'm like, y'all need to get out the car, and find another way home because because they're riding me. Mind you. Deep down in my heart, I know that I am wrong for this because I left them in the car. I did ask them if they wanted to come into the party. Now, here's the part that they don't know. I always knew that there wasn't going to be a party. So for the first time in well over 20 years, they're finding out there was no damn party. I was going there to do my thing with my girl. And I did not feel like driving them home and then driving back down there to miss the opportunity to get together with a stripper. That's really what it was about. And 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 if they're my boys, shouldn't they be happy for me? I mean, yeah, they was a little sweaty. They was in the car. It was hot outside. But your boy was getting down with a stripper that had been twerking on stage at the club in a skirt. And it was worth it. I'm sorry. I mean, I'll take that heat. It was absolutely worth it. I, it was over 20 years ago. I don't remember a lot of experiences that I had. I remember that one. So obviously, it was memorable. Let your boy live. But they they didn't see my point of view of the situation. So I threatened to, you know, not take them home. And I'm realizing that I'm wrong. I'm just puffing my chest out because I feel like maybe you guys should not ride me as hard. But if I was in their their situation, I would absolutely be riding the hell out of me because I was dead wrong. It gets so bad that my one boy will not absolutely, the one that never gets mad, will not let it go. And when we drop our other friend off at his house, 
it's seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Me and my one boy start tussling in the front yard because he won't let it go. And I'm like, just let it go. Just let it go. And I will say that they were legit mad at me for a good week. Uh, I did apologize to them. One friend, you know, he gave me like immediately, like he knew what it was. The other one, it took a little bit longer, but you know, we, we, we've been boys, you know, the whole time. That was 20 years ago and we're still cool. So, you know, no harm, no foul. Just a little late night romance with a stripper. I think it was a good thing. (laughs) But anyway, that's another crazy story with Bruce. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening. Once again, like, subscribe, share, donate. All that good stuff helps us grow. Until next time, I'm a holla. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, Audi 5000. Peace.